I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Always on Twitter at Scott's on air, S C O T T S O N A I R, and at VSIN Live. My thanks to Adam Burke for joining me as we broke down the NFL's division round of the playoffs. Coming up about a half hour or so from now, uh, Chris Landry, football scout, coach, and administrator from LandryFootball.com will join me as we continue to break down further the four games coming up this weekend in the NFL. And, uh, you know, we looked at a lot of the trends throughout this week that have supported the sides and the home teams. Um, But how about the totals? There's been some questions about the totals. Well, how about this? And this one applies to a game in which Adam Burke actually really liked, which was the under in the Packers 49ers game. And I kind of agree with him because I can see it being like a score that he said, like a 27 to 10 type of game, something like that, 27, 14, whatever. Uh, In the last 25 matchups between a number one seed and a wild card team, the under is 18-8-1. So we're talking 18 out of the last, well, it wouldn't be 18, I think it's 18-6-1. and one. Right? Uh, the last 25 matchups, if we're looking at 18 unders in the last 25 matchups between a number one seed and a wildcard team, that goes right into the under of the Packers and the 49ers, which I totally can see happening. Because I think the Packers get 27 to 30 points. I just don't see the 49ers scoring more than two touchdowns. I think that they'll be trailing. I think that there might be some empty possessions. I think there'll be some turnovers. And the Packers will have their way with them. And I think the Packers win. I think the Packers cover. And I kind of like the under. Uh, however, number one seeds are on a little bit of an overrun, 13-9 and nine most recently. Number two seeds also on a little bit of a run, 14-8 and eight to the over. Um, that, and that's despite both number two seeds going under last season. So overall, the one seeds on a nice little 13-9 to nine run. And the unders are in a nice little 14-8 to over uh, run. So 
You're looking at the one seeds and the two seeds. The potential to go over has been there. And the totals right now in these games, in the one seed games, you have 47 Titans Bengals, 47 Packers 49ers. In the two seed games, 48 and a half Rams Bucks and 54 Bills and Chiefs. Uh, home teams that cover the spread are 18 and four to the over in the last, I guess that's 22, which is very interesting. So in the last 22 times or whatever that a home team has covered the point spread, the over has hit 18 times. So if you like a home team to cover, you like the over as well. That's the correlation of the trend. So it would be Chiefs and the over, Bucks and the over, Packers and the over, Titans and the over. Uh, now, conversely, the unders have coincided with the road teams covering. So for the road teams since 2014, 11 and 4 to the under when a road team covers the spread. So home over, road under. So if you like a road team, Bengals and the under, 49ers and the under, Rams and the under, Bills and the under would be the correlation there. As far as the teams and their records, how teams with certain records have done in the divisional round of the playoffs. Home teams, and we're talking about the top teams, right? Home teams in the divisional round of the playoffs that have 13 or more wins in the regular season. 23 and 14 straight up, 14 and 23 ATS since 2006. So that's not good for teams that have 13 or more wins, meaning the Green Bay Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When matched up against a team that has won 11 or more in the regular season, that mark then drops 9 and 6 straight up, but 4 and 11 against the spread. So that would mean the Bucks against the Rams. Because the Bucks have won 13, the Rams won more than 11. And that would fall into a trend of 4 and 11 ATS. So the side to bet on would be the Rams in that one. As far as uh, road teams, they're is a dividing line, and I'm reading from uh, Point Spread Weekly. Steve Mackin does an incredible job writing for us on uh, vcin.com and in Point Spread Weekly for the trends and the stats that you need to know for each round of the playoffs here. For road teams, there's a distinct difference for teams that have 10 wins or less and teams that have 11 wins or more, Okay. Teams with 10 wins or less on the road, 10 and 30 straight up, 17, 22, and 1 against the spread since 2002. 
and that would apply to the San Francisco 49ers and the Cincinnati Bengals as teams with 10 wins or fewer. They both have 10 wins on the road. Those teams in the divisional round of the playoffs, 10 and 30 straight up, 17, 22, and 1 ATS and so too. The teams that won 11 or more on the road. This is interesting. While just 14 and 18 straight up, the teams that have won 11 or more games and are on the road, 22 and 10 against the spread. And that applies to the Rams, who were 12 and 5, and the Bills, who were 11 and 6. 22 and 10 against the spread. That's very interesting. Now, again, these trends all have to be, you know, taken in context. And, and yes, uh, last year was the first year that we had this playoff format with the extra teams. And um, we're still, you know, going off of historic numbers here with uh, all four of the home teams being teams coming off buys. So maybe um, they've got advantages with the buys. Maybe the other teams got advantage with uh, – you know, just a little bit of a rhythm. Maybe there's a rust factor to the teams coming off buys. But that's just some really interesting nuggets with the divisional round and uh, how teams have fared here with their records. Here's some more stats uh, from Steve Mackinan's article in Point Spread Weekly about what has gone down in the divisional round. Usually, it takes more points to win the divisional round than the wild card round. Four, only four home teams that topped the 20-point mark lost in the last 20 years of the wild card action. The benchmark for the divisional round is 27 points. Home teams that reach 27 points are 38 and four straight up, 31 and 11. ATS. So that's a big number to get for your success. If you fail to reach the 27 point mark, you fall to 18 and 20 straight up, 6, 30, and 2 ATS since 2002. And so if you're looking at the home teams, Tampa Bay averaged 30.1 points per game. Kansas City, 28.2 points per game. Green Bay, 26.5. Tennessee, 24.6. The key number for all of these teams at home is to get to 27. If you think that one of these home teams is not going to get to 27, then you bet the other side. If you think they will get to 27, then you bet on them. For the road, the magic number is 21 points. If you score 21 points or more, you're 27 and 12 against the spread since 2002. When you score 20 points or fewer, you are 4 and 37 straight up. 14, 25, and 2 ATS. The 49ers are the lowest scoring team in this round, 25.1 points per game. If you are predicting one of these teams 
to score under 20, one of these road teams, they're not going to win the game. It's as simple as that. Project accordingly. Home teams, 27 points. Road teams, 21 points. Who gets there? Who doesn't get there? That determines who you're betting on. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll continue to go through the uh, news and notes, the injury reports, as we get closer and closer to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. This is The Look Ahead, right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcasts and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And you can also just subscribe and follow the vcin Best Bets podcast. You get each hour of the show. You can listen whenever you'd like. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's the look ahead here on vcin the sports betting network. You can always follow me on Twitter at scottsonair. S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Wanted to go through some of the updated uh, news and notes as far as the injury reports go for the upcoming games here in the NFL's divisional round of the playoffs. We start with the biggest name, of course, and that is Derrick Henry. Uh, Derrick Henry smiled when he was asked if he'll be active for the game against the Bengals. The exact quote was, quote, we'll see how this week goes. <laughs> but he was smiling at reporters when he said that. Uh, so Derrick Henry, all signs are pointing to him being activated. Don't know how much he'll play, but if he's on the field, I mean, we watched videos of him uh, in practice, and it looks like he is going to be a go. And for the Titans' sake, hopefully we'll have an impact um, on them. I think the, the bye absolutely helped, and here he is. Uh, would be nice to have him play. And even if he doesn't have a, a, a demanding role, if he's on the field, the Bengals are going to have to stack the box, and it could open up some play action 
for Ryan Tannehill to hit an A.J. Brown, uh, you know, down the field. And maybe that's the game plan, to utilize Derrick Henry as a decoy. You line them up, they stack the box, you go play action, and you hit them deep because you have to respect Derrick Henry and his ability. Uh, Moving along, for the Rams, Andrew Whitworth, their left tackle, did not practice on Wednesday. He missed a large part of that game on Monday after suffering a knee injury. Uh, Sean McVay said that it was, quote, a miracle that the injury was not worse, but still his availability for this game, uh, the ageless wonder that is Andrew Whitworth, uh, don't know if he will be able to uh, suit up here for the Rams against the Bucks, And the Bucks are dealing with their own issues on the offensive line. Their center, Ryan Jensen, did not practice on Wednesday either. He suffered an ankle injury against the Eagles. Um, should be able to play, but he is banged up and did not practice. And Tristan Wirfs, their right tackle, did not practice as well. He got hurt against the Eagles, and he tried to come back into the game Missed a couple of plays and uh, just wasn't able to give it a go. Bruce Arians called it a game-time decision for what will go down against the Rams. For the Packers, David Bakhtiari, their left tackle, limited in practice. Uh, He did not practice on Tuesday, but limited in practice, which is an upgrade. And uh, he made his season debut in week 18. So the Packers are probably just limiting his reps. Uh, but he will likely play and and he'll have an impact for the Packers here in that game on uh, Saturday. Uh, speaking of Saturday, Trey Hendrickson for the Bengals, the defensive lineman, he practiced fully. He uh, has been dealing with a concussion. Looks like he will be available to play uh, barring, um, you know, anything unforeseen. Uh, more news for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Ronald Jones, the running back, did not practice, and it doesn't seem like he's going to give it a go. The Bucks are expected to get Leonard Fournette back, though. So they'll have Leonard Fournette. They'll have Keyshawn Vaughn, Gio Bernard, um, but they won't have Ronald Jones, it looks like. Um And uh, speaking of Gio Bernard, he was limited in practice, and uh, he will be out there. Leonard Fournette um, is going to be back, and having Gio Bernard um, out with him is going to to help. Um, Another missed practice nugget here for the Packers, Marquez Valdez-Scantling did not practice on Wednesday, and um, his status is actually up in the air. If he does sit, it would be, you know, Alan Lazard would have a bigger impact as well as Randall Cobb will have a bigger impact. So that's something to take a look for in your your player props is to see if there's something there. If Marquez Valdez-Scantling doesn't play, not a bad idea to check out some Alan Lazard props for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs, we, we, you, how good did Jarek McKinnon look for them last week? Uh, if Clyde Edwards-Alaire does not play once again, Jarek McKinnon will get another go, and he was great for them last week. But uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, CEH, did practice on Wednesday, and Andy Reid said nothing 
about his availability for this week. So the fact that he practiced back-to-back practices on Tuesday and Wednesday is promising, but Andy Reid wouldn't say anything about his availability against the Bills. Um, Daryl Williams, the other running back, he was absent from practice on Wednesday. But still, with the way that Jarek McKinnon looked in that game last week, I mean, why not have him be your guy in the backfield? He looked great for the Kansas City Chiefs. So there are your player news and notes, little nuggets here for the divisional round of the playoffs. Want to take a look at some of the specials for the divisional round. Up on DraftKings right now, you can uh, bet on a couple of special bets here. Uh, Most passing yards. Who will have the most passing yards in the divisional round? Will it be Tom Brady? He is your favorite at plus 400. Patrick Mahomes, plus 450. Aaron Rodgers, plus 450. Matthew Stafford, plus 500. Joe Burrow, plus 550. Josh Allen, plus 600. Ryan Tannehill, plus 1,000. And Jimmy Garoppolo, plus 1,000. If I had to make a bet, most passing yards. Hmm. I would go with Patrick Mahomes. And he's at plus five. He's at plus 450. Yeah. I think Brady could be there as well, but I would think Mahomes would get there because I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. Uh, Most receiving yards on the weekend, Cooper Cup plus 500, Devontae Adams plus 550, Jamar Chase plus 1,000, Stephon Diggs plus 1,300, A.J. Brown plus 1,300, Mike Evans plus 1,400, Kelsey plus 1,400, Tyreek Hill plus 1,600. These are some really interesting bets here um, for the most pass, most receiving yards of the weekend. I can Cooper Cup was great all season, but he really didn't have a, a big game last weekend or, or Monday night against the Cardinals. Right? He didn't really have a big game. Um, Jamar Chase, he's certainly going to be uh, a big target for Joe Burrow. And if you think they're going to be passing a bunch, maybe Jamar Chase has another big effort. And he could have the most receiving yards. Devontae Adams, I don't think I think he'll have a good game. I don't think he'll lead in yardage because I think the Packers will have the game at hand. I think he finishes real standard 90 to 100, something like that. Stephon Diggs, maybe. Evans, maybe. I think Tyreek Hill and is the most interesting, right? At plus 1,600. Like in that game, you can have Tyreek Hill just go off a couple of deep shots, a couple of big pass screen passes, and he takes a long run. He could finish with 150 receiving yards. Uh, So that's interesting there. Um, The highest scoring team, the Chiefs are your favorite to be the highest scoring team. The lowest scoring team, the 49ers, are your favorite to be the lowest scoring team. Uh, Bills are your second favorite to be the highest scoring at plus 400. That's what Adam Burke said. Um, Lowest scoring. Yeah, I think the 49ers will be the lowest scoring team on the divisional round. I think that is going to be your lowest scoring. Lowest scoring game. Will it be Bengals-Titans, Packers-Niners? I think it'll be Packers-Niners. That's at plus 200 if you think that's going to be your lowest scoring game. Because I think all others have the potential to go over. I just don't think the 49ers are going to score enough on the Packers to have that game go over. That's just a look at some of the fun bets that are available up on DraftKings uh, for the divisional round of the playoffs. Um, 
There's a couple of player prop, like, combined things, like will Derrick Henry and Joe Mixon combine for 150 yards? You can bet the yes or the no. I kind of like the no. Uh, so there's a lot of fun options up there. Let's have some more fun. Let's break down these games even further. We will talk to a football scout, coach, and administrator and consultant. Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com will join me coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can follow me on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. We want to make sure that VSIN is a part of your plans. We'll be with you throughout the playoffs. And then on Championship Weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vsin.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year. So make plans now to join the vsin betting experts before, during, and after the action on vsin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You can always hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. There's so much um, going into breaking down these games for the NFL divisional round of the playoffs. Um, could they be busts like we saw in the wild card round? Sure. But I hope and I feel that that's not going to be the case, that we will have compelling games starting with the Titans and the Bengals and then moving on to the Bills and the Chiefs uh, on Sunday night. Here to help me break down these games even further is Chris Landry, football scout, coach, and consultant. The website is LandryFootball.com. Chris has worked on staff with Bill Belichick and Nick Saban with the Cleveland Browns, spent time in the Tennessee Titans front office, as well as uh, a tenure there at LSU uh, with Nick Saban as well. Uh, Chris does a great job breaking down football. Again, follow him on Twitter at LandryFootball, and the website is LandryFootball.com. Chris, thanks for joining me. Let's get into the uh, divisional round here of the play. Playoffs with teams now, and we'll start on Saturday. Both the Titans and the Packers are coming off the bye. So, what goes on during the bye week for these teams, especially when like you don't know your opponent yet until Wild Card Weekend wraps up? So, what have the Titans and the Packers both? What have they been doing to prepare for for this weekend? Well. What you do is you divvy up the possibilities. Obviously, you look at every scenario of who you could play, and that's where you have your quality control guys. Uh, like, like for example, some of the possibilities you may know a little bit more because maybe you played them during the year or maybe they're in your division. But basically, you do preliminary film breakdowns on any possible uh, opponent. So, you know, you have that extra time. That's what the quality control guys do. You have them divvied up and they go through it and they prepare an initial report based upon everything that they have studied on those possible teams. And then obviously when you know your opponent, you basically you don't you throw it out. You don't you don't implement that. You still have that good information on file. But obviously, so if you're Tennessee, you're Green Bay, everything that's not San Francisco or Cincinnati based, you're not fooling with you. you, You've done that. So now what you only have to do is really focus on 
breaking down the game from this past week, which can be done rather quickly. And then you implement that in to your prototype of what you think you're going to face. And the other thing is while you're doing that as a staff, obviously your players get healthy, get rested. And I mean, I think the biggest thing going into both of these games that involve both of the teams with the buys is thinking about who they could have back versus who got injured uh, in in the games last week that, that that those teams may be missing it. So that's why you're in that scene, right? That's what we talk about during the stretch run of the season every year is, hey, man, getting that, uh, that bye is so pivotal. And you, you normally is the best team, but when you combine that with home field, but more importantly, that rest, that's the that's the key to at least giving you the best chance this weekend. Yeah, I mean, just look at the Titans getting back Derrick Henry while the Bengals lose Ogan Joby, their defensive tackle, and then for the Packers getting back, you know, guys in their secondary, Jared Alexander, and for the 49ers, mm-hmm. banged up, obviously, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, and, yes, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you mentioned uh, rematches. We have three rematches here in the divisional round from games that we saw earlier this season. So how much do these teams – look at the games that they played against these opponents during the regular season versus how much do they just say, all right, we're going to see something completely different here in this game. Well, you look at it a lot. I think you look at a lot because you, it, it helps you just refresh the personnel that you're going to be playing. What was successful and what was not successful in the last matchup against that opponent I think one of the reasons why it is typically, as a general rule, you know, tough to beat a team. Cool, it's tough to beat a team twice. Yada, yada. Well, what happens is that team that gets beat, it's not just, well, they're, they're motivated, they're angry. It's not that. It's that they tend to maybe make some changes, maybe substantive changes, whereas the team that win is a little bit more confident that what they did in the previous game might work again. And so I think one of the things you look at is, what was what worked? What didn't work? What do you anticipate the changes they might make on the other side? And then um, how do you deal with it accordingly? And of course, you got to factor in who was available in that game versus this game, because that that certainly could have an effect on how the quality of the team and what they're able to do and how they're able to do it. Like, for example, I mean, if you're looking for a team and and you're playing a game and maybe you, you know, your offensive line is not as healthy. And so you protected very well the last game might be a bigger issue this game. So that you look at all of those things and try to figure out how things are going to play out. I mean, the Niners played the Packers very, very well. But as we've kind of alluded to, the Packers are a little bit healthier. Um, Packers at home. Uh, you know, all those things may factor in, but I do think you go back and look and see how they're able to run the football against you, what you're able to do if you're Green Bay, that is, and try to try to counteract that a little bit. All right, so let's start breaking down these games, and we'll start with Saturday, the first game. The Bengals at the Titans. Cincinnati uh, is a three-and-a-half-point underdog on the road here. Uh, they looked decent against the Raiders last week. They're going to have to step up their game here in order to beat the Titans, who are coming off of their bye. Uh, what's the strength for both of these teams against each other, and ultimately, how does this play out? Well, I think... Cincinnati, um, you know, looking at them last week and studying the tape, they were like they were outgained and in some ways outplayed by the Raiders, but they were able to make enough big plays. And obviously, um, 
you know, a couple of significant turnaround plays in the game. But they've what they've got to do is they've got to strike early. They've got to get a lead. They've got to make Tennessee play from behind. I, I think if you can make Tennessee uncomfortable, particularly, you know, uh, on the road and, and getting Tennessee at home, make them play from behind, make them play where they are a little bit more pass first and maybe are not as patient with the run. That's what you want to do if you're Tennessee. I think due to the injuries and just to the overall play at the line of scrimmage, Tennessee's got some advantages here. I think that this game is played at the line of scrimmage. If it's played in one possession games early, I think that's where the issues come into play for Cincinnati, where they might not be able to hold up for four quarters. You mentioned uh, Ogajobi, Hendrickson's big part of that. I mean, can they hold up against this running game? Can they get them in third and long? In, are those guys available? Whereas Tennessee, which is banged up all year long, I think they played like something like 91 players throughout the course of the year with all the injuries. Well, things have settled. You mentioned Derrick Henry, but they've had a number of guys that have kind of gotten a little time to help and rest up. So I think you got to use the advantage of, you know, your Cincinnati we got to emphasize, if you're Cincinnati, quick start. You know, maybe, if anything, the teams that start out coming off a bye, they may be rested, but maybe a slight rust the first series or two. Jump on them early, make them play from behind. That's the key. Tennessee's the better team here. Um, and when I looked at it last week, I, you know, I just I wasn't impressed with the Raiders coming into the playoffs. I think that's more about what the Chargers couldn't get done. And I looked at the game and said, that's a big win for Cincinnati, just like it would have been a big win for the Raiders. But it kind of looks to me like a Cincinnati team that's vulnerable. I don't know that they can get it done here against Tennessee. What about the total sitting right now at around 47? Is this a high-scoring game or a low-scoring game? I think it's going to be over. I like Tennessee, and I like the over. Okay, Tennessee, so you like them scoring points, and Cincinnati will be able to score some, but Tennessee ultimately wins this game. Yeah, you know, 28-21-ish type of game, I see it. All right, uh, Chris, do me a favor, hang on, let's get to the other three games uh, coming up next, okay? You bet. He's Chris Landry, you follow him on Twitter, at Landry Football. Uh, and one thing about the Saturday games, before we go to the Sunday games, and I've mentioned the home team trends and it's been incredible what the home teams have been able to do on Saturdays. 21-3 and three in the last 12 years. That's just straight up, not against the spread. The Saturday home teams, 21-3 and three over the last 12 years. And before you say, yeah, that was a different playoff format, both of these teams, the Titans and the Packers, fit that trend because they are coming off of the bye. It's the same thing as it's been for the past 12 seasons, Saturday home teams, 21 and three straight up. Uh, Chris will hang with us and we'll do the Sunday games coming up next. Again, follow him on Twitter at Landry football. LandryFootball.com is the website. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's on air. S C O T T S O N A I R. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the look ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Rejoined now by football scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry from the website LandryFootball.com. You follow Chris on Twitter. At Landry Football, uh, Chris has spent time uh, with the Nick Saban and Bill Belichick on staff with the Cleveland Browns and was in the Tennessee Titans front office. Uh, we talked about the Titans already, Chris, uh, when we did the Saturday games. Let's get into the Sunday games now. And for the for the 49ers, their win last week over the Cowboys, I kind of look at and think it was more of the Cowboys losing that game rather than the 49ers winning that game. But what did you see on film from San Francisco that maybe can translate into how they can play against the Packers? Well, I agree with you. First of all, I think San Francisco was the much better coach team against Dallas. You know, they just stayed away from mistakes. Uh, You know, there are four games this year in the NFL. I think we've played like, I may be off the numbers, like 279 games in the NFL this year, whatever it is. Four times we've had a team have 14 or more penalties in a game. Two of them were the Dallas Cowboys, and one of them was last week. And there were eight penalties that either took away a first down for Dallas or gave San Francisco a first down. So it was Dallas's sloppy play. San Francisco's cleaner play. They were able to run the football very effectively. Um, and Dallas didn't get smart play or consistent play or fundamentally sound play. And that, to me, is the difference in the game. I think this game is pretty clean to me in terms of just Green Bay's the better team. I do think San Francisco might be able to run the football some. I do think they could keep this game relatively close for a while. I think they can play with Green Bay. But in the end, I don't think they can keep – Green Bay out of the end zone. Something that Dallas self-destructed with, I don't see Green Bay doing that. I think that Green Bay's not going to help them. Green Bay's going to be able to score points. And then if you're San Francisco, and if you do get behind in this game, and you have to abandon the running game, then that's where it could get ugly. So I think it's a Green Bay close win or a Green Bay decisive win. 
I think it's kind of a 28-20-ish type of Green Bay covers. Um, I just think that this Green Bay team is better. And as I said, San Francisco's kind of reached their peak, reached their moment. They've accomplished about all they're capable of. I don't see Jimmy Garoppolo putting this team on his back and matching point for point with Aaron Rodgers. And that's probably what's going to have to happen for the Niners to pull this off. I would agree. Uh, let's go to Sunday. The Rams, Chris, looked impressive on Monday in their win against the Cardinals, especially defensively. I mean, Kyler Murray looked absolutely lost in that game. But uh, it's not Kyler Murray on the other side. It's Tom Brady. He's not going to look flustered and lost. Uh, can the Rams go into Tampa get enough pressure on Brady and come away with an upset victory. You know, you hit on something there because my initial thought is no, the bucks are going to win. It's Brady and it's at home and they'll handle that. And the Rams much, maybe like the Niners have kind of gotten to this point and that's it. Well, let's hold on on that. I, I, I think there's one thing that I want to watch. And we saw Ryan Jensen and Tristan Wirfs go down against Philadelphia. So their offensive line play with Tampa. You just mentioned, can they protect Brady enough? This is a pass rush that can cause problems. If you can muddy the pocket from the middle in Tom Brady, you could cause some issues. And if you do that, look, this Rams team, I don't know that I am comfortable jumping on the table for them from a consistency standpoint. But they're very capable, very explosive of winning in a one-game scenario. They can go to Tampa and win this game. Stafford can be great. They can make plays, um, you know, Cup and Beckham, and they can make enough explosive plays. And defensively, they can rush the passer. So I do think it comes down to Tampa's ability to pass protect for Brady. I still favor the Bucs. I still favor Brady in this situation. But I do think the Rams' chances directly are correlated to their pass rush against the Bucks' pass protection, and it's really going to come down to their health. It's that simple. I think it's really close. Uh, I would probably go Rams here plus the three because I think this is a, you know, I mean, it's a, this could be a, a, a one, two, you know, I mean, I think it's right at a three-point. I think it's a two, three-point margin of win for Tampa. Um, and if I had to pick one, I'd say the Rams are a pretty good underdog pick mm. to to make a strong run at this. But I just just trust the Bucks a little bit more. Any feel on the total? 48 and a half. Yeah, I think it's um, – I'm going to go um, – you know, over here a little, I think it'll be right at 50 points. So I do think you're going to see 27, 24 type of game. Yeah, I think it is. I, I kind of, kind of, I'm, I'm on LandryFootball.com as I'm, as I'm working on it. I'm kind of coming with a kind of a 27, 25 ish type of game. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really going with a over and I, I just think it's a really close game. I think it's the number is right on. I think yeah. it's three points. What about the nightcap, uh, which is the best game of the weekend? The Bills and the Chiefs, a rematch of last year's AFC championship game, a rematch of a game that we had earlier this season where the Bills dominated. But I think everyone can agree, Chris, that that was a much different Chiefs team that early in the season. They've been much better since the second half on. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are favored slightly, about a point and a half to two points. A high total, 54 and a half. 
Can Buffalo come away with the victory on the road, or is this still the Chiefs uh, conference right now? They definitely can go on the road and win this. They're good enough to do that. I think we saw them playing great football against New England. The biggest surprise last weekend was the how they beat New England, how they dominated that New England defense. They're very capable. With that said, I think Kansas City has even more playmakers. They have more things going for it. I mean, if they're healthy, meaning Hill, Kelsey, Mahomes, offensive line is in stable position, and if you know they can get decent, you know, play from their quarterbacks, it's just a lot of weapons. Even for, I think the best secondary in the in the game in in Buffalo, it could be a shootout. I, I I'm leaning over. I, I mean, I think it's a, you know, 31-28ish type of game, but I do like Kansas City. I just think they're the better team here. Um, and as you mentioned, they're just they're just that much better now. I, I do think too that this defense has allowed just 16.5 points per game the last 11 games. Um, that's pretty good defensive performance. And they, I don't know that they'll be able to jump on Buffalo and extend the lead early like they've done to some other teams. So I don't think they're going to hold Buffalo down to to that average. But I think. The thing that's so difficult is that you just you, you can ex, they can explode on you at any time, and I think this is going to be a fun game. Look, Tennessee may prove me wrong, but I think this is the two best teams in the AFC, and I do think Kansas City is a little bit better. The fact that they at home certainly helps. So, would you say that the winner of this game wins the AFC Championship game because I, I, they'll be they'll be home? Uh, well, no, Tennessee will be no, home. Uh, but it, yeah, it, will the winner of this yeah. game win the AFC title game in Nashville? I I, I think these are the two best teams. We'll, I want to see how these teams come out of it health wise, but I like the winner of this game going to Tennessee, and I like their chances. Now, I, I, I certainly want to see what Tennessee. I expect Tennessee to win. We'll see how they play. We know what that game is going to be like, be it Tennessee against Kansas City or Tennessee against Buffalo. It's going to be about the line of scrimmage versus the explosiveness. I don't think Tennessee can handle the explosiveness of either one of these offenses. But one thing I do know is that I think Kansas City is more consistent now with their explosiveness. Kansas City will, I mean, you can count on them doing it. With Buffalo, they're a little bit more sporadic and, um, and I'm less confident. So I, I like the Chiefs. I think that they're the best team. And I think they prove it this weekend and next weekend. But let's see how they get out of it health-wise. Great information as always, Chris. Appreciate the time and the insight. We'll talk again next week. Enjoy the games this weekend. Hey, you do the same. Thank you, Scott. There he is, Chris Landry, football scout, coach, and consultant. You follow him on Twitter, at Landry Football. The website is LandryFootball.com. Everything you need in the world of football is available there, and Chris does a tremendous job. He's got connections all across the league, so just a wealth of information there. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter, at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We've done so much breakdowns of the NFL divisional round games. I think I've settled in on my picks. How about you? This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you, before you, before you. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast 
is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.